living our lives for the glory of God, next on Abounding Grace. Our lives are so important to the lost that we might be used to win the lost, us, that we would use to win people over to the love of Jesus. Paul was keenly aware of how his life and how he lived his life and how it affected others and how he exercised his freedom, what he said yes to, what he said no to. And as believers, we do have freedom. We have freedom, but this freedom was purchased by and given to us by Jesus. So he's the author of that freedom. He's the author of our faith, the Bible says, and the finisher. So you just do everything to the glory of God and you'll be safe. This is amazing grace. Should I really go see that movie? Can I have a glass of wine with dinner? You can probably think of a number of questions you wrestle with from time to time similar to these. As believers, we know that we have an incredible amount of freedom. But there are some things that while they may be permissible, have the potential to stumble a brother or sister in the Lord or even mislead an unbeliever. The Apostle Paul said that all things are permissible but not all things are helpful. Today on Abounding Grace, we're urged to keep our focus on the glory of God. And Pastor Ed Taylor will give us several questions we can ask as we walk through the gray areas of life. Here he is in 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 23 now. All things are lawful for me. And you know what? A lot of people stop right there. (laughs) Forget you, Pastor. All things are lawful for me. But... All things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. And then what does verse 24 say? Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So looking at the liberties of grace in the right perspective will help us when we have to make decisions in what we term the gray areas of life. You know the gray areas, right? Where there's an issue coming up in your life and you just can't find a verse. There's just not a verse there. How do I operate in the gray areas? What are the principles that will help my life in these areas? I know I'm free in Christ, but I'm not quite sure how to make the right decision. And I think it's important in your life to learn how to make up your own mind in the things of the Lord. That's how you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to be here for an hour and a half, but you're going to be out the rest of the day, right? You want to learn how to make your own decisions in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're taking notes, I want to give you a few questions that you can use. You might even write them down. You can write them down in the front of your Bible if you want. I put them on a little post-it note as a new believer in the front of my Bible. Because I knew I wouldn't remember them all, at least in the beginning. And I just used that as a guide when I came up with things. And and I couldn't really call anybody. and, And even if I did, they probably wouldn't understand what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and what I'm facing. And and I use these verses, I use these questions to help me walk through 
the gray areas of life, how I can draw closer to the Lord. So asking a few simple questions will let God's word through his spirit answer us how to live our lives. We don't need anyone else to tell us. We don't need to lay some trip. Well, you're just laying a trip on me. No, ask the Lord and he'll give you the answer. So here's a few questions to ask yourself in those gray areas. Number one, will what I'm about to do help me to honor God? If it's not going to help me to honor God, it may be something I want to just skip. Number two, will this make me more useful for God? I mean, just think, just those two questions. When's the last time you really considered them for anything in your life? Is this really going to make me more useful? You're not trying to toe some line here at Calvary to be acceptable at Calvary. Look, you're acceptable in Jesus Christ. So these aren't questions like, well, you'll fit in perfectly at Calvary. You'll be the perfect Christian. This is just going to help you grow. That's all these questions are. Uh, You're in the Lord. You're loved here. You're accepted here. You're received here. You are welcome to worship here. This isn't like a list of questions. Well, you know, if if I want to be a part of Calvary, do I need to take this test? No, no, no. If you want to be a strong Christian, you need to take this test. And so, number one, will will it help me honor God? Number two, will it make me more useful for God? Number three, will this prepare me for every good work? You know, like... Let's just take smoking, for example. Oh, yeah, let's talk about smoking, okay? There's no verse in there that, you know, says, thou shalt not smoke, right? There's no verse in there. You know, the only time we look at smoke, it talks about hell and people burning up. And so, you know, smoking's not going to send you to hell. But you're going to smell like you've been there. So let's just think about that for a second, right? There's no verse, thou shalt not smoke. But but really, number one, is it going to help you honor God? Eh, I don't know. Probably not. Is it going to set you apart and make you more useful? I mean, is smoking a cigarette, is is that really going to, hey man, I want to tell you about the love of Jesus. (laughs) All smoky, like, well, dude, thank you. What's all about? Why don't you put your cigarette? Yeah, let me flick the butt over there. And, you know, it just, is it going to help you? And you can start looking, you know, no, probably not, probably not. And, and now, you know, with, with governments making marijuana more, you know, and I, I already know, oh, yeah, I'm going to smoke a joint because it make me it's easier to share the gospel, bro, you know. <laughs> it's all about us, isn't it? And that's really the perspective using your grace, just living in grace, is really all about God. And I don't know about you, but in my humanity, and my flesh, I am so good at making excuses, it's just ridiculous. I can excuse just about every behavior that ever comes out of my life. And what I need is not to excuse my behavior, but I, what I need is the power of God to change my behavior. That's what I need. I mean, I mean, I've been saved 19 years. Now I'm just going to throw it away because now I'm done. You know, it's been 19 years. It's been a good ride. I guess I can go live for myself now. But Jesus went all the way and died for me. The Bible says he bought my life with his own precious blood. Nobody's ever done that for me. Nobody's gone all the way. There are a lot of people who have expressed love to me. A lot of people have cared for me. A lot of people have loved on me, given me gifts and blessed me. A lot of wonderful relationships, sacrificed in our friendship. Just awesome. But only Jesus has died for me. And he's worthy of all my attention and all my worship. And you know, Jesus died for you too. So that your sins can be forgiven. Like that can be that roadblock, which is huge. You could never surpass that roadblock of sin. Could be taken out of the way. And your life can be made whole. 
by faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. In just a few moments, you'll have an opportunity to confess your sin to God who loves you and ask and receive the free gift of salvation that's available only through Jesus. I mean, that's just, just incredible. I mean, you don't even have to wait for me to finish. You can ask right now. You say, God, just I, I confess my sin to you. I want to follow you all the days of my... I, I want to give my life wholly to you because you gave your life to me. You, know, you can pray that. You can talk to God right now. And in an instant, the Bible says you could be born again. Isn't that just blow your mind? You guys see week after week people getting born again. Are you tired of it yet? Is it just all normal? Yeah, you know, people get saved. Big deal. Let's go. Got reservations at the village inn, you know. (laughs) What are you laughing at? That happens. That there's a a sense of anticipation not in lives being changed, because your life's already changed. But then you think, your life's changed. What more is for you? There's a lot more changing for you and me. We're going from glory to glory and strength to strength. There isn't one of us here that has arrived. The only place that you and I have arrived is at the destination of growing more in the things of the Lord. There's still a lot of changes. There's still things that God's working out in your heart. Surfacing, you didn't even know it was there. And like you were, oh, thanks Lord for showing me that. Yes, thank you for showing me that. Where did that come from? How did it get so deep? And then God, once he shows it, he surfaces it and then he skims it away. And that's the work of purity in your life. Only God can restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, you know. A lot of times you get saved a little bit later in life and you get so bummed out of all the years you wasted. I understand. But do you know that God can restore the years that have been wasted? He promises that. He can restore to you. He can, only God, you and I can't do this. No church can do this. As close as a friendship you have right now, no friend can do this for you except the friend Jesus. You know what he can do? He can take ashes and bring beauty out of them. That's a promise. So when you're living in the gray area, you're not trying to toe the line with some church or some list of rules and regulations. You and I, we're making wise decisions so we can grow in Jesus Christ. So when you think of these questions, don't think of them as, oh, man. You can apply this in any area. You can apply it to what you bring into the eye gate. You can take it and apply it what you bring into your ear gate. You can take it and apply it to habits that you just carry from your unbelieving life into your new belief. You can, you can apply it to, the, to actions, just, just attitudes like, you know, I'm, well, you know, I'm just an angry person. Why do you have to be so angry? Well, you know, I was just, my dad was angry, my grandpa was angry. It's like in our blood. Yeah, but the blood of Jesus Christ has washed you clean. You don't have to be bound by that. Is it really making you more useful? No, not really. <laughs> you know, is it setting you apart? No. Yeah, it's setting you apart because nobody wants to be around you, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's not setting you apart for the Lord. Is it preparing you for every good work? Are you anticipating the next good work that God has for you? Well, number four is what you're about to do, is it going to build you up spiritually? Number five, is what you're about to do, and this speaks directly to those, that, those things that have addictive properties to them, is what you're about to do going to bring you under its power? Legal or illegal, it doesn't even matter. We don't need to use the... You don't want to use legal and illegal in, in the context of our life because the government changes the law all the time, right? This is under the Lord. 
Is it going to bring you into its power? Be careful. Number six, is what you're about to do, is it going to give you an uneasy conscience? You don't want your conscience messed with. Number seven, could it cause someone else to stumble? Because if it could, you just, why go for it? If it could cause someone else to stumble, just, you know, let's just sidestep it. Just let, you know, let, might be all right for me, but it may not be okay for you. And I'm not really sure, so I'm just going to set it aside for the sake of unity and fellowship. And number eight, how will this make me a more fruitful missionary in my life? I think sometimes missionaries have been misunderstood. Think, well, you know, missionaries, we, do, we just send them on the other side of the world. We do, and what a joy that is. But we also send them downtown, <laughs> right here in Denver. Uh, we have missionaries that go and work right here at Safeway. They just, you know, they leave after service, they go right to work. They're walking as a missionary from here to Safeway, and then they clock in. That's their mission. Their mission is to share the gospel with as many people as they possibly can. That's incredible. So what you're about to do, is it going to make you more fruitful as a missionary in this world? Not just, well, you know, I'm never going to go to the Philippines. Okay, maybe you won't, but you'll probably go to Safeway. No, I go to King Supers. Whatever. <laughs> Wherever you go. <laughs> Good questions to ask. Verse 25, some final instructions. He says, just eat whatever is sold in the meat market. Don't ask any questions. Just eat. Just take it for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Right? The Bible says God has given us all things richly to enjoy. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever's set before you, asking no questions for conscience sake. <laughs> I made this mistake like, what is this? And they'll say something like, well, it's deer or elk or something. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have asked. I just should have ate it. And that's on a, that's on a more lighthearted note. But when you're ministering, you know, the idea here, you know what he's also saying that's, that's under, underlying here? Is you should have regular friendships with unbelievers. Eating with them and enjoying them, not sinning with them. But if they, you know, you somebody's sacrificing their meat to idols and they invite you to their house and you want to go, go and eat their food and enjoy their company and love them. You don't have to participate with them, but love them. You're right. It's balance, right? The Bible says evil company corrupts good habits. So you want to be careful. There's, but what happens, and I forget the study, but I remember reading about this study that after a guy gets saved, after a gal gets saved, they lose all their unbelieving friends within about a month. Now, what good is that? Oh, you know, I don't smoke and I don't chew. I asked all the questions and now I don't hang around with those that do. Yeah. Maybe you don't go clubbing with them anymore, but you go to their house and eat their food. You can have them in your life. You can be a, a strong believer that just loves people. I mean, look at your life. Is it just believers now? Is that all it is? Just a little holy huddle? I'm a believer, man. Are you a believer? Yeah, I can eat with you. No, you want to find like the best cooks and hang out with them. Because you never know that little meal that you're sharing. And as you appreciate, oh, this is so good, this is so wonderful. And in the conversation. And in the sharing. 
and in the life change. You know, you have a lot of friends that you are so different from them now, but they knew you when you were a knucklehead. They knew you. It blows their mind. It blows their mind what God's doing in your life. Yeah, it should blow their mind. But how will it ever blow their mind if you stay away from them and you look down on them? Paul's really saying, hey, if there's people that don't believe, invite you to eat, and you want to go, go eat their food. Enjoy it. And be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, you know what he was always accused of? Hanging around with sinners. Thank you, Jesus. So if you didn't hang around with sinners, where would we be? We'd be messed up. We're just wondering, well, there's Jesus over there. When is when he's going to come over here? Oh, he only hangs out with the righteous. You're messed up. You're always going to be messed up. Because Jesus doesn't love you. I mean, what a dumb message, isn't it? Because while we were still yet dead in our trespasses and sins, what? Jesus died for who? The ungodly. That's you and me. And so don't miss that. But if anyone says to you, oh, this was offered to idols, then don't eat it. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, we, we offered this to Buddha out there before you came in. You know what? I don't know that I want to do that. I, I don't know that I want to participate in your false worship. Doesn't mean I don't like you, man, but can't we just, let's just go get a burger. You know, let's, you have that together with your, but let's just go get a burger. It's not that I don't want to hang out with you, but I'm just not into that false worship thing. You know that. And he says, don't eat it for the sake of the one, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord. See, don't do it for the sake of that person. What a testimony, right? You don't go, oh, I'm going to hang out. Oh, man, Pastor Ed gave me belief. He gave me permission. I'm going to hang out, man. I'm club in. Yeah. Party. No. Don't do that for their sake. Like, what kind of witness is that? Don't, don't do that for their sake. When they ask you and invite you to cross the line, don't cross the line. Why? For their sake. Oh, it'll mess you up too. But really, what about them? He says, conscience, verse 29. I say, not your own, but for the other. Because why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? If I partake with thanks, why am I evil? Why is evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? And here's the principle, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, what does your Bible say? Let's read this together. Do to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit. When you get that, your life will just explode with joy unspeakable when you're not doing things for your own profit. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than receive. And you know what? It is. It's just such a blessing to be a blessing in someone else's life. And when you and I live, we're not seeking our own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Oh. Our lives are so important to the lost. Our lives. That we might be used to win the lost. Us. That we would be used to win people over to the love of Jesus. Paul was keenly aware of how his life and how he lived his life and how it affected others. And how he exercised his freedom. What he said yes to, what he said no to. And as believers, we do have freedom. We have freedom, but this freedom was purchased by and given to us by Jesus. So he's the author of that freedom. 
He's the author of our faith, the Bible says, and the finisher. So you just do everything to the glory of God and you'll be safe. It's like, Lord, will this glorify you? Because ultimately, that's what my life matters. Does it glorify you? Not everybody's called to be a pastor, you know? You don't have to worry about, well, you know, pastors, they should glorify God. No, no, plumbers should glorify God. Truck drivers, they should glorify God. I mean, you can go on and on. You could, you could fill in the blanks. I mean, if we asked them, we could just go down a list. What are you doing? You're, you're staying home with the kids? That glorifies God. You're out of work right now, and you're looking that glory. You glorify God. Glorify God. You ever wonder, you know, I, I know people are struggling right now with, with work and such. Have you ever wondered just for a moment why God's bringing you in contact with all these different people? Which one have you shared the gospel with? Like, which one have you walked in and you go, hey, you know, I'm a believer. Can I just pray over this interview? Wouldn't that trip you out? Trip him out? What if you find out, you know, you know, I really can't talk about this unless you bring it up. But, you know, I'm a believer too. Really? Yeah, and I just, I, I just, man, you're like a blessing. I've been interviewing people all day. And you're the first one that just, like, encouraged me. You got the job. Yes. You just don't know, huh? You don't know what God wants to do until you learn how to glorify him. And then you watch. As you're glorifying him, he uses you like crazy. It's amazing. So be careful in your liberty. I love that because you're just, you and I are free. We are free in Jesus to care about others first. Not just the believers. A lot of times we look at our freedoms and, well, don't stumble other believers. Uh, You know, that's fine, the weaker believers. But Paul connects it with unbelievers. And if you've got an invitation from some unbeliever to go eat at their house, go. Take them a CD. Bring them to church. Take the church to them. You know, you can, like, take in what you're learning here, and then you can share it with others. You could preach to them. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. It's part of our series in 1 Corinthians. Simply go online to hear it again at calvaryco.church. Again, we're at calvaryco.church. More and more people these days are accessing our teachings through our app. Not only is it super convenient, but it's easy, too. You can download that right now. Search for Calvary Aurora and start listening to Pastor Ed through your mobile devices. Pastor Ed is back with us now with a helpful book he'd like to share with you. It is our book of the month, Larry, Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. We just had Christopher Yuan and his parents out here at Calvary to speak on a very, unfortunately, a very controversial topic. It shouldn't be controversial at all. But Dr. Christopher, he explores the concept of holy sexuality, chastity and singleness, faithfulness in marriage. Uh, He does it in such a practical and a relevant way. Uh, He equips our readers with uh, a depth of theology on the topic of sexuality um, to encourage you to not be afraid to talk about what the Bible talks about. And in our culture that is blurring lines, erasing lines, even creating new definitions and categories that just simply don't exist and don't make any sense in our culture, and it's not just the Western culture, the culture around the world is upside down. And we need good, solid answers to be equipped to talk about these things biblically in the marketplace, but also we need to remember we're discipling our kids. So parents, this is an important book to get into your hands. Grandparents, pastors, ministry leaders, but I mean for believers alone, it's a great addition 
to your spiritual library. And yeah, we're, we're, you're going to find more books uh, written on this topic because Christopher Yuan had his own issues uh, in this realm, and his testimony in another book, Out of a Far Country, is a powerful book filled with hope that God's truth can prevail in any situation, especially those that are gender-confused and uh, dabbling in or full-blown living the homosexual lifestyle by choice. The good news is that you can make different choices, and the Bible's clear. Uh, Christopher Yuan does a great job, and you can go to our website or to our app, and you can watch his uh, testimony, and I'd encourage you to do just that because it'll bless you and encourage you And pick up the book, add it to your spiritual library. This would make a great addition to your library, and we'll send you Holy Sexuality and the Gospel for a gift of $25 or more. Call us at 877-30-GRACE to order your copy today. And you'll also be helping us get the word out on stations all across the nation. So thank you for that. We'll return to 1 Corinthians next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.